Everyone around me either wanted to be a footballer or they was doing crime and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it was like, what I'm trying to say, oh yeah, I kind of want to do acting and music. People are looking at me like, but I just kind of knew. It was something in me that told me I can do this. Hello everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the next episode of Influence Me with me, Shaney Ryan. With 45% of the world's population now using social media on a daily basis, we are now more and more influenced by the people that we follow. But social media is such a tricky space to figure out what's real and what's in the highlight reel. So I wanted to create this podcast to dig really deep and get to know the people we look up to and get to know the person behind the digital fame. With this podcast, I'm going to introduce you to some incredible people with amazing journeys and stories to share that you can either relate to or be inspired inspired by. Welcome to Influence Me. Theo and I have crossed paths a few times and the thing that's always struck me about him was his confidence. I'm not entirely sure that he even realises how much confidence he exudes but either way it's definitely served him well. Coming from a humble background in Birmingham, Theo has broken the stereotype attached to his often violent neighbourhood by throwing himself into acting, modelling and music. Theo has gone on to star in Channel 4's Raised by Wolves, in BBC's Doctors and in ITV's Love and Marriage. His Instagram-based comedy sketches have amassed millions of views and his scripted short videos and films are written and directed by Theo himself. His content is absolutely loved by international grime and comedy superstars such as Giggs, Mo Gilligan and Sideman All Day and his modelling career saw his images on huge billboards for Adidas. Theo made his big screen debut in Brit film The Intent To and has just released his debut single as well, All West, continuing to create funny content that makes me laugh on his social media. Theo could have easily taken the route his peers did growing up, but instead he chose a different and rather inspiring path. So please, welcome to my sofa, actor, comedian and rapper who is breaking the stereotype. It's Theo Johnson. We're going to go in straight away, if that's cool, and we're going to take it way back. I've been doing so much research on you, and you Seriously? have just continued to surprise me. You've just got so many different layers to you. But I want to go all the way back to when you were at school, because uh, rumour has it you're a bit of a naughty, little bit of a naughty boy. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and you played up a little bit. Why yeah. do you reckon that was? Because I always find it really interesting as to why why kids misbehave at school and, and where that comes from. So I always say like, if you judge a fish by his ability to walk on land, then you're going to call him stupid, because obviously he can't walk on land. But if you judge, judge a fish's ability to be underwater swimming, he's going like, to excel. So I see school as that. If you're an academic person and like, excel is perfect for you and maths and, and literature in the way they teach or learning from a book and if you're good at that, then you're going to be seen as a genius in that environment. Mm. But you could get taken out of that environment and put on a basketball pitch or get taken out of that environment and have to look after someone who's disabled. Or do you know what I mean? There's loads of different things in life where you could get taken away from your book that you're reading and then be seen as an idiot as well. Mm. So it's just, yeah, that's how school was for me. I didn't fit in. I was seen as a bad egg and I started to act accordingly. I was distracted and I was creative, so I'd be drawing on my books instead of listening to what the teacher's saying mm. and stuff like that. And then like I'd be making jokes or like entertaining the class 
and stuff like that when I'm supposed to be paying attention. It's just because I couldn't like relate. And if you can't relate to something, you're not interested, you're not going to watch a show on Netflix that you don't mm. like, do you know what I mean? That's also the description of me at school as well. Yeah. Just like wanting to perform and wanting to entertain because genuinely books were not for me. And I'm not mm. stupid. I run a business now and you run a business, there an entertainment <laughs> business. So it just shows that when you're in the right environment, you can, you can really thrive. And if you're in the wrong environment, you're just going to mess around a little bit. Um, you got into acting and, and kind of entertainment at quite a young age though, right? But it yeah. wasn't exactly the norm for where you grew up. So yeah. how <laughs> on earth did you end up kind of not being distracted to fit in with what everyone else was doing, but to then go on down your own path and turn that creative energy into something special? So I, I always had like a strong leader mentality. Like mm -hmm. I always knew what I wanted to do. And like everyone around me either wanted to be a footballer or like there was doing crime and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it was like, and then if you're not a footballer or doing crime, you're not cool as well. So it was just like, what I'm trying to say, oh yeah, I kind of want to do acting and music. People are looking at me like, come mm. on now, or be realistic, or that's a bit strange. But I just kind of knew, I don't know why, but there was something in me that told me, I can do this and I'm going to do this. And if there's no one who's doing it, then I'll be the one to do it. Mm. And then, like, luckily through being, I'd say through being naughty, even though I'm not promoting being naughty, don't be naughty, <laughs> stay in school. Don't do stay drugs. in school, kids. But, um, yeah. Through not following the normal teachings of school, I got offered um, an extended college course outside of school, which was drama. Mm -hmm. And obviously my school didn't do drama at the time. So luckily, because of my situation, I got offered this because really they just wanted to get rid of me as much as they could. So then I chose that because it was either drama or math and I wasn't going it's there. It's not a math situation. So, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely not a math situation. So yeah, I went to drama and then there it was like, I was like, reborn it was like a, i was like a golden child I'll, I'll be in the class and the tutors would be like yeah just whatever he just did do that to the really? rest of the class there yeah follow him and it, like when we'd be picking groups to who would be in the group everyone would be fighting to be in the group with me and stuff like that and it's like it showed me like oh i'm actually good at this and then when i started like realizing i was good at it i kind of done my research about it so when i was doing the drama and all that i never really knew I didn't think about it obviously you watch tv and you see actors and stuff like that but I didn't really think of because where I was coming from it was very unrealistic to even think you could ever become someone who's on tv right. and stuff so um yeah I was just doing my thing but when I researched then I'm seeing what money you can get from it then I'm seeing the lifestyle these people have and I'm like whoa like this could change my whole family's life and I'm mm. a big family person so yeah, like it made me want to do it even more because I'm thinking I'm good at it. I'm treated good here. It's a good space and I can actually benefit from this a lot. How did it feel having like teachers that were really bigging you up and making you elevating what you were doing? Did you feel a different shift in your personality going from being in a school where everyone was just kind of saying, oh, he's naughty, he's misbehaving, there's no point, let's get rid of him, to like, then people be like, you're amazing. How was the shift? How did that affect you? Yeah, it's like the layer, the layer thing, what you said. It's like it added another layer to me that I didn't know I had. And it's like, I just thought the teacher, it got to a point where the teachers are the enemy. Like, mm. so it's like these new tutors is like completely different to my teachers. And then if they was to have a conversation about me, they'll be like, 
Feels an angel, feels this, feels that, is always on time, blah, blah, blah. And they'll be like, feels always late or is absent or is <laughs> destructive and he's not listening. It's like, like not talking so about the same like, person. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, the layers was real. And that made me see, like, it's really true what they say. Like, again, monkey can climb up a tree, but if you throw him in the water, you might not be able to swim as good. Do you know what I'm I mean? I'm loving these analogies. I yeah. really <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So everyone else in your area was either in what you were taking in was they wanted to be a footballer yeah or it was the crime route yeah basically. how did it feel to be so different from everyone else did you did you get a hard time from people was there a little bit of kind of teasing or giving you a rough time around what your choices were or did you keep it to yourself so luckily again don't be naughty stay in school don't do drugs but luckily because i was like naughty as a young child, I kind of made a, a little name for myself. In primary school, like I was actually bigger than everyone, funny enough. And then we got into <laughs> secondary school and like I got to five foot nine and I just stayed there. So then obviously <laughs> everyone got bigger. So it's like, I had like little man syndrome, I think it's called. And then like, yeah, I kind of was always fighting to prove myself, prove that I could make it as an actor, prove that I'm not gonna be made fun of or proved that so it was like I got into a lot of fights and I won a lot of fights I didn't really lose so um, I kind of got respected for that so then by the time I was ready to like transition out of that and to say look I want to do this everyone was like yeah you could do what you want kind of thing. <laughs> literally so I was like I was in a good space I was lucky and the um, time I was in it wasn't so much like knives and weapons as it was now like by the time I was out of it and like in the acting stuff, then the just younger than me started getting stabbed and dying from stab wounds and stuff like that, which I covered and that, but um, in my films and stuff, but my era was fighting. So cause I could fight, it was like, I wasn't really challenged when I decided to mm. be what I wanted to be luckily. And I'm like very thankful for that. Yeah, very thankful that you're around in that era. Mm. What would you say to anyone that is in your situation, but now? and maybe wants to do something a little bit outside of the box. However, they have the fear that you didn't have to have because of the times that you grew up in. I'd say don't procrastinate. You don't want to live in regret. You No know one who ever did lives in regret. It's all the people who didn't do. Mm. People always regret what they didn't do. So I'd say like move forward and don't procrastinate. That's great advice. I like that. So your mum and uh, Daniel family, you, they wanted you to get a university education. Yeah. <laughs> Which after the conversation so far, I'm like, right, okay. Okay, where's this yeah. gonna go? How on okay. earth did you end up at uni and <laughs> get through that whole, that whole situation, okay. you know, sane? So <laughs> even now, I'm way more knowledgeable now of my skills. So I don't believe this as much. But all through life, I felt like I was like a bird and I just literally winged through life. So I literally thought I was winging everything. So I winged through my GCSEs and I winged through college. Did you do well in your GCSEs? So basically, um, I would say half and half. I done, okay. I done good on everything but maths. So I actually got not, not applicable at maths because I got kicked out of the maths classroom in my GCSE. So yeah. Um, During the actual GCSE? Yeah, I hit someone with a chair. But we won't talk about that. We won't that. talk about Stay that. Stay school kids. Stay school kids. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, when I got to college, we had to do like an English and maths um, 
like thing on the computers to get into college, like to get your college induction. Cause I was doing performing arts at college. Yeah. I don't know if I would have passed or failed. I didn't try. I literally got my cousin to do it. Like, and then at the time I was modeling for Adidas. So I had like a decent amount of money. So I was just like, yeah, I'll give you some money. Just. So then like, just pay people to do. And then like, but that's a part of genius, by the way. Yeah, just saying, of course. When you don't know how to do something, someone who knows, has the knowledge to find someone with the knowledge is a genius. So just letting you know. Henry Ford said that. Did anyway, he really? No. <laughs> so, um, Another one that went over my head. <laughs> but yeah, so... That's where I was with that. And then um, past college, obviously it was performing arts, so it was easy, it was my field, it was Mm, like drama. And obviously because I'd already done the course when I was in school, I started in the second year, so I was the youngest in my class and I was still excelling over everyone. Like I was just really good at um, performing arts. And I got um, full grades. And then I'd come home to my mom like, mom, look, I got full grades in college, it's lit. Like I passed college and then, Literally, the celebration for her was like two minutes. Oh, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So what are you going to do now? Because if you're not going to university or you ain't got a job, you got to get out. I was like, rah, so, okay. Um, um, all right, I'll get a job then. She's like, no, that's not the right answer. And I was like, what? So why are you giving me an option if <laughs> I haven't really got an option? She said, basically, uh, she gave me a little sub story. She broke it down. She always wanted to go uni. And she never got to your uni because she had my sister. So it was like up to me. I'm Sorry, not... um, let me just lift this weight off of your shoulders yeah. just for a minute so you can tell the story. Yeah, she, she left it up to me. And she said, basically, go uni. You have a backup plan, blah, 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 blah. So I said, all right, fine. I'll go uni. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to do something to do with the drama. I always say this, like, see when you've got a vision, yeah? Mm-hmm. People around you who care about you might tell you, I uh, like you can't do that or don't do that. But it's just because they don't see your vision. I never see them as hating or trying to pull you down. It's just because they care about you and they worry. So they mm. don't want like you to go down a path and then fail. Mm. So like my parents was like seeing me as oh, you should like, be realistic kind of thing because of where we was coming from. They couldn't see that and mm. they've never had that in their life or don't know anyone. So it was like, yeah, that was the kind of thing they would say like, oh, you need to be realistic and like it's not really lightly and um, just do this uni degree and have something to fall back on and blah, 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 which is fair enough. So I said, fine, I'll do teaching drama. So then I could have a teacher's degree. So that's how I kinda, we kind of met in the middle. I was mm. like, it's still drama, but it's teaching. So I have a teacher's degree at the end of it. And I'm going to get this degree. And whether it's a, a first two, two or two, one, I'm going to get it, pass it to you, and then you leave me alone. I'm going to do this acting thing. That's what I said. We shook hands. Deal, deal. So. Oh, so you literally did a full-on deal. Yeah, it was, like it was a full-on deal. And, and, and then that's, it's literally exactly what I did. I went to uni. I, I literally winged it. Um, i done the bare minimum I, I had to do all the time. I fell asleep in lecture. Stay in school, kids. It's not good. <laughs> like, this is not good advice. So like, I, I fell asleep in lectures. I wagged lectures, I mean, like I missed lectures completely to go to open auditions. So you were still being productive? Yeah, definitely. Always productive. I never, um, if you've got a dream or goal towards something, you've got to be obsessed with it and you've got to stay on it. If you want an excuse for doing something you want to do and you want to prove to everyone you you can do it, then you can't drop off it at all. You have to stay consistent. Mm. So yeah, anytime I was like away from um, uni, it was because of acting and stuff like that and creative stuff 
So I ended up doing like PayPal adverts. I ended up doing like adverts for Xbox, all these things whilst I was at uni. And then I was getting kicked out of all the little uni groups and stuff. And then they'd be like kicking me out. And then I'd have to like wing it again and do like everything myself, like a presentation and stuff like that myself. And then I, they actually created a petition for me. Sorry, what? (laughs) They created my own classmates here who saw me and was like, oh my God, I just saw you on a PayPal advert. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the same advert I was in when you was kicking me out of the group. So you know when you have groups and you have to do presentations? Yeah. yeah? So I um, I got kicked out of the group because I had to do an audition. And they, they like snitched on me and told, told the tutor that I'm not there kind of thing. Right. So I got kicked out of the group. And when I did it myself, they got a... Um, because it's my like it was my field, the drama side of the, of the teaching, they all got a C, and me by myself, I got an A. That's why it was burning. Like I literally was getting better grades by myself than in groups, but it was just because I don't know. I just do you think you're better on your own. Do you reckon you're a bit of a lone ranger and you work well? Nah, on because your own? in the groups I would do well. I'm just creative. So if it's drama, I'm going to kill it regardless. When I was in the groups, the groups excelled, but sometimes I had to leave and I'd be like, sorry, sorry, and I need to leave. And then they'll just... Because you were going for an audition or... They, they all said, if you want to act, you're in the wrong place. That was I constantly got told, if you want to be an actor, you're in the wrong place. So they was all teacher-based. I was the only person in the whole thing who actually wanted to be an actor. Mm. So I was fighting against tutors and fighting against my own classmates because they didn't really... Get it? They was, yeah, they didn't teachers. want to do. They wanted yeah, to teach. Yeah, they wanted to teach. So they just see me as disobedient again, like my teachers. Do you know what I mean? So mm. it was like a complete battle again. So then, yeah. Your parents obviously you you had an agreement with them, which meant you could you could go and do your pursue it. yeah you could pursue it, and it wasn't traumatic. Yeah. What would you say to people that are out there who their parents are putting an insane amount of pressure on them? There's no agreement. It's their way or the highway. Mm. And they maybe want to be creative or do something else, but they're in this situation where, you know, they're kind of being forced to go to uni and they don't really want to. I give this advice, and I know everyone's situation's different. Like in my situation, I know that my mum's going to love me regardless. I know that it's better that you do what you want to do and you don't live in regret and your mum's slightly disappointed for a bit. And then you, like, whatever you do, your parents are going to be proud of you and going to love you if they're good parents. Whatever you do, as long as you are trying and you like have a goal and, and you want to achieve something, they should be proud of that. I agree. So that would be I, my advice. I them. think you and I are quite similar in the sense of my mum said that I had to go and get a yeah, a, a, a trade was what oh. she said. So <laughs> I went and got a qualification to be a beautician because I, I don't know why I <laughs> thought oh yeah I can paint some nails and she'll be happy which to be fair she actually was but I think um adding to that the key is compromise isn't it trying to find some sort of compromise with Definitely. with your parents so that they kind of are happy but then at the same time you are edging your way towards that goal it can be hard have you ever had a normal job yeah so this is what yeah. was your normal job so literally so fast forward End of year, I landed a 2-1 degree in teaching drama. Hey. At the same time, at the very same time, all my wagging paid off and I landed my first role on Channel 4 Raised by Wolves. That's not so, a normal no, job, no, Theo. No, we're getting to that. <laughs> oh, I, I'm getting to that. So after the job on Raised by Wolves, they like plunked me back into normal them. I thought I'd made it. I thought I was there. And then I was just like, all right, so now I'm out of Manchester. I'm back in Birmingham and like, 
obviously trying to go for auditions, but that's not working. And I was thinking, okay, I need a job where I'm free. And um, I got a job at Jag, Jaguar Land Rover. Okay. So first it was just nights, it was lit, I was doing it. And I got a security badge as well. And literally it was brilliant money. My dad has never been so close to me. Like, obviously my dad works in a factory and okay. like at this job, it was like, he works at a pretty good factory and it's well paid, but this job was just a bit more paid than him. So he was like proper proud, like my son's Aww. in a factory. I was driving like a tug and he drives a forklift and it. So he was like, yeah, like he was proper like happy. Cause when I told him about the acting again, he didn't really understand didn't it. Didn't get it. And then it was just like, I'm making more money than I've ever made. I'm doing the um, the jag from the week and then security on the weekends. Money wasn't a problem. And that's made, that. this is what made me know, it sounds silly, but this is what made me know that like money is not as important as you think because if you really want to do something but you're getting paid to do something else you you almost feel like you're dying inside it's ridiculous like I'd finished my job because um I was because I got a good memory I'd learned that um, the path for the tug driving faster than most of most of the others so I'd always finish fast and then I'd be like I finished and they'd be like all right sweep that floor then and I'd be like, I'm a tug driver, why am I sleeping, sweeping the floor? And yeah. it's just like, like, they'll just do things like that. And it's just like, you have to do it. So then like, I'm sweeping the floor, feeling sorry for myself. And I'm thinking, I don't care how much I'm getting paid. Like, I just want, I just don't want to be here kind of thing. And then it's even harder because it sounds like silly, but I was just on Channel 4 where if it rained, because of continuity, someone would come and hold an umbrella over my head. They would show for me from my hotel to the base. You got used to me in a store. Yeah. <laughs> you got know I me mean? I'd be getting breakfast and, and, and then dinner and then everything's paid for and everything's like glamorous and then bam, sweep that floor. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it was like just drop back right into rock bottom and that just gave me the hunger even more. I would say any owl, use it as motivation. So I ended up, yeah, I ended up walking out of Jag and just leaving. Quit. <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah, I just left literally and like obviously again, Anything I advise, I'd always give you the backside to it because I know that when I watch interviews anyway, someone would just be like, yeah, so I left Jag and then I became a star or something like that. Like, it wasn't like that. When I, I made the decision to leave Jag when I started it, that's what no one knew. So when I'm telling everyone, yeah, I've got the job, I already knew that I wanted to stay there, save a bit, get enough money to sit on on top of my acting money and then I wanted to leave and pursue acting again. Um, that was my plan. So when I left, it was a shock to everyone but me. I knew I wasn't going to last there because I know I can't last in something that's mm. not me. So I, when I was working there, I wasn't buying no trainers. I wasn't buying no clothes. I was literally just living on my bare minimum, saving all the good money I was getting. And then I left. So when I left, I was good. So if you're going to leave, always have a plan. Don't mm. just leave without having another job there or leave without having money in the bank because you've got to live. You've got to you know what I mean, sustained. Mm, and the other thing with that is like, desperation isn't attractive. So mm. if you are going into a creative industry, like, you know, acting, singing, dancing, if you're, I don't know about you, but if you're, if you're feeling desperate, I feel like it just like oozes out of your pores and then yeah. you don't end up getting anywhere. You don't end up getting the job or, because it, it's just not attractive. So if you have got that kind mm. of back, background plan or you've got that savings, it does definitely help. Hey guys, just a quick break to tell you about our sponsors. I wanted to tell you about my favorite new app. 
it's called Kindred. In a nutshell, Kindred allows you to share the things that you love whilst also donating to the charity of your choice. Yes, it's literally as simple as that. You post your favourite new coat, trainers, lipstick or any other product that you choose from the Kindred app. Then you make a genuine recommendation to your followers and a percentage of every sale goes to your favourite charity. And if that wasn't good enough, a percentage of the sale also goes directly to you too. But if you're feeling super flush, you can always choose to give all of your commission away. You can download the app at www.kindred.co. That's www.kindred.co. Kindred, share what you love. So Raised by Wolves, obviously, an incredible opportunity for you. You had yeah. a you had a lead role in there, and you, yeah. you did uh, that was the first job out of uni, so that's obviously yeah. awesome. But after that, you then started this Instagram yeah. journey. How yeah. did you go from acting in yeah. Raised by Wolves to having this job to yeah. then all of a sudden being funny on Instagram? Okay, so when I was doing the acting, they wasn't used to me either. I was like the token black guy in that show. Got it. And I got treated a certain way. And I don't like, like to me, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, but I felt like an outsider on the show. I felt like literally no one related to me. I was like the only like black guy there. And it's like everyone else was from posh upbringings and like went drama school and stuff like that. And it's like, it was almost like I got, again, I winged my way into a, um, a show. So what made me feel the most different was people who, my tutors from my, um, my drama, I always kept in contact with them and kept talking and stuff like that. And they told me they didn't like, they didn't, if you watch the show, they didn't like me. They, like I was purple at times because they didn't like for a black character. And it's like, that's deep, that's a thing. Like oh. even down to the lighting, was it in my favor? Okay. at certain points. And this has come from the teachers? Yeah, and this has come, that, and my tutor, and she's she's a white female, and she said that to me. I didn't know anything about that. And I was like, oh, I, I didn't even know that. But then, so she, cause she asked me, she was like, how was it on the show? And then she was like, because they didn't like for you properly. And well, do you know what oh, I mean? So her like experience and stuff. Yeah. Which, yeah. Also, we had way more lines and they cut it down. They cut all our parts down. And I think that was down to timing or something. I don't know what excuses was made, but then, when we um, spoke to the, the writers, I was on a bus and the writer looked at me and she goes, you don't feel you've been really good. I, I wasn't with anyone. I was just me and her sitting at a table and I was just eating and she come and sat with me and she's like, oh, I'm really impressed with like your acting and stuff like that. Like you've really like, like you shocked us because you're the only one not coming from drama school. You've just got a raw talent. Gave me all this gas and was like, series two, we've got such a good like, good ideas for you and stuff like that. Series two happened. I'm not in it at all. And then they called me for one episode. It was the, there was a lot of things so that was happening. There's a few things that made you feel like you were different, yeah. you were being left out. How did you respond to feeling like the But it's like, I, I feel like, because at the time I was still, I'm, I'm, from, I'm from the hood. And it's like right now I've been in the industry for a while and I know how to behave and I know how to speak and stuff like that. But I feel like at that time, I was literally fresh out of uni. It was my first TV show. So I feel like there's certain things that I could have been doing as well. So I don't want to just make it out like right. I'm a victim. Self-awareness there. Yeah. So I feel like maybe I was, I don't know, maybe my jeans could have been down. Or maybe I was a bit more road than I am now. Or maybe 
I wasn't as articulate speaking to them. I don't know, but um, I know that when it came to the acting and when it was on set, they sung my praises, I'd done my job, I looked good on screen, but I know that off off screen, I don't know, maybe I was joking and they took my jokes in the wrong way. Right. But um, yeah, I was definitely treated differently and I felt like an outcast and then it was proven in series two kind of thing. Yeah, but, um, were you shocked when you didn't get the call? Um, yeah, because they told, like, the proper told me, but it's like, when you do this job as well, like, this is another thing for anyone doing this industry, even down to yesterday, there's more than five things that people have sat down, had meetings with me and said, is mine. And mm. if they happened, I would right now be a millionaire. And they, none of them have happened. So, and they said, it's yours, we're good to go next month or next week or in three days. Literally, I'm a, I'm a life. There's a good five times I've, I've been... I've had two come, in the last six months, mate. Thank you. <laughs> two so, in the last six so months. it's like, don't get disheartened and don't take everything with a pinch of salt. You can't like believe everything everybody tells you mm. because like you can only trust yourself. And that's like the best part of what I've learned is create yourself. And that's mm. how I ended up getting to the Instagram and stuff like that because all the things that I've been through made me realise I've got to build my own brand. And Absolutely. That's that's where it came from. The acting consistency slowed down as well. I'd done like a little role in Doctors as a little role here and there, but it wasn't blowing up. So I started saying, all right, I'm going to make my own short films. And at the time, um, I decided to make my short film. My friend died. He got stabbed and um, he, he, he died from knife crime. So I thought, all right, my first film's got to be about knife crime. Try to raise some awareness and like highlight the situation because I just think obviously all of that is silly it was over nothing and life's precious do you know what I mean mm. so I made my first um, short on knife crime <coughs> and lo and behold it like got news coverage it really? made, yeah hit ITV BBC news I was all over the news they even interviewed my mum and that on TV was she proud like, then <laughs> yeah of course like like I've done a few things I was making a believe because as I said like I landed I started modeling for Adidas and like uh, then I was landed a Channel Four role, so I was like, my mum and dad was starting to see like this boy is different. Like he's not just saying he wants to do something; he's actually going and doing yeah, it. Yeah, they're seeing the results. And, like, sometimes I'm coming home like, look, mum, I got two grand. I made the short film, but the one thing what I thought about, I was like, ah, oh, I don't want to put it out. Like I, I sent it to news channels and I sent it to like I was good at knowing like industry emails like, and stuff like it that. Yeah. And... but I didn't pull it online. And the reason why I didn't put it online because I had 3K follow followers on Instagram at the time and I thought, I need a bigger platform or it's not going to get the views it deserves. Okay. So I kind of thought, okay, how can I get that? And then I saw someone called Roadman All Day, who's now called Sideman All Day. Hey. And he was like, he was doing his thing at the time. He had like 20K. So yeah. I was like, and yo. he's a fellow Brummie, isn't yeah. he? So. so then I was like, yo, I want to do videos with you. And he's like, obviously he saw me as someone who obviously not only can he benefit me for, for a following i can benefit him because it's like now he's doing a video with a like hood celeb as well yeah so it kind of we both exchange thing, services. Hood celeb. yeah at the time <laughs> <laughs> i was classed as a hood celeb I was a, like i was famous in the hood <laughs> so um yeah so then we done our video and then um it start, i started to learn how to edit myself i started to watch him and teach myself how to edit and decided to put in videos on my own page as well. And then my following just started to raise and I literally went from 3K to 10K in a month. Wow, and like, yeah, that's and, a big rise. Yeah, and it was documented because obviously when I was starting to do the comedy thing and stuff like that, 
people was like talking like, oh, what's he doing? And that's what, that's the most stigma I got. Going into like, the comedy yeah, space. Yeah, because it's funny because I thought I would now coming back to music, but now like the most trouble I got was leaving acting solely and going into the comedy because I was around a lot of people who take themselves very seriously mm. and love me and took me seriously. And then as an when, actor? Not just seriously in general, but then Got as it. an actor also. So then when I told everyone I wanted to do, I'm going to do like comedy sketches and stuff like that online, they was like, nah, people ain't going to take you seriously. You, like, you embar- you're going to embarrass us, stuff like that. Like, and they was like seeing it as like all my cousins and stuff like that, they were seeing it as they're going to have to start defending me. By the time I hit 50k, everyone was calling my phone. Yo, can you give me a shout out? Yo, can I do this? Yo, <laughs> I, and people did apologize. Like my barber said, I'm sorry I doubted you, blah blah blah. I now get free trims. But yeah, my following um, rose, and I said, all right, then it's time. So I released my second short film. It got like 250k online. Then I released my um, next short film with Sideman. It's like nearly on a million views now. So you're creating your own content. And then I landed the intent too. So. Yeah. Which I saw you in at yeah. the premiere. Yeah. Well done. So, yeah, so it did enable me to have a following and reach out to people I couldn't before. So you made your short film about the awareness of, you know, being your friend being killed with yeah. knife crime. Mm. The intent to is mm-hmm. very heavily violent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the fact that you've made one thing that's kind of one message <laughs> And then you've been in something that's the other message. Uh, I watched the interview, and shout out Femi and Nikki Slim. I watched yep. the interview, uh, um, and someone interviewed Femi and asked him the same question. Yeah. And he actually said, like, I released a film about love. Like, he released, like, a love story film or something like that. And no one bought into it. No one cared. He released the intent. It blew up. He released the intent, too. He's got all this fun, and he blew up. Do you know what I mean? So, so it's so- like, it sells. And... In order to get ahead, you kind of got to play the game kind of thing. Yep. So, and I believe the That's same real. thing. You got to do what you got to do until you can do what you want to do. When I made these comedy sketches, they went viral. They blew up. If I was doing positive messages, which I always was, no one cared. I'd done the, the comedy stuff, millions of views. So if you're now an influencer. You've got this huge following and you are wanting to get back into music. Mm. Do you feel like being an influencer is going to help your career in music, hinder it? Because of the stigma I got when I tried to do comedy, I felt like, yeah, when I do music, people are going to, like, slaughter me. Everyone's going to be coming in and stick to comedy or stick to acting or what are you doing or blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah. But literally, the music really does speak for itself, luckily. And... Along with my comedy, I started throwing out these little raps and freestyles and then the comments was like, yeah, he can actually rap, what's going on? People started messaging me like, yo, do a song, do a song. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to. But in my head, when I get to 100k, I'm going to release a song. Right. That was my plan from the get-go. But Ambush came along, big up Ambush, and um, he had a hit with Jumpy and then he had another hit with Mancart and he'd done the Mancart like, challenge and he said, yo, whoever gets the most views or whoever gets the best response on this man can't challenge can jump on the feature. Like he done that. So I was like, I'll kill it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like listening to the scene, I was thinking, I can do this. Yeah. So then I wrote the rap, literally took me 15 minutes. I literally wrote, I heard the beat and if a beat's really good, I can just 
write fast. So I, I wrote the um, lyrics. And then when I heard it, it was just like jumpy. So I was like, All right, I can't just speak this in my room. I need to go somewhere. So I went to a car park. And luckily, I was hosting for um, a FIFA tournament at the same time. So I went and hosted for this FIFA tournament and all the lads at the FIFA tournament was like either friends or fans. So I was like, oh yeah, I need some music to roll with me um, to this car park after I'm doing a video. So I needed the hype. I wanted it. Yeah. What I was thinking of is no Stormzy, shut up. Yeah. So, and at the end of mine, I go, four hours goes from where? Huh? Four hours goes from who? So I needed them to be like, ah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, give you so, the energy. Yeah, the hype. So boom, I went and done that. We filmed ready the video. Made, ready made backing. Yeah, just like <laughs> organic, man. organic, just, yeah. So we done it. Um, video looks sick. I was like, I got it. I'm watching the challenges go now. I've got this in store and I'm watching the challenges. Everyone's in their car, spitting to the camera in their car, just simple. And I'm thinking, yeah, when I release mine, it's different. It's, it's an actual music video. Weirdly enough, Ambush went on there and goes, come on, guys, I need some energy. Like, on my life, he went on the video and said, come on, guys, I've seen all these challenges, they're good, but I need some energy, man. Like, everyone's just sitting in their car, like, come on. And, like, that's weird. I've never seen someone do a challenge and then, like, tell everyone, like... You're rubbish. Up, yeah, yeah, you need to get energy. Yeah. So then I was like, yo, bro, tomorrow. I sent him, yo, tomorrow. And then I dropped mine and it went viral. Literally, How many views did you got, get on that? I think it got... On my page, it got, like, 130k views. It got 600 comments. People like Jammer, um, Suspect. Wow. Or, like... Um, you got the celebs the, up in yeah, there. Big talk. <laughs> all the industry people was commenting on it and normal people. Everyone was like, no way, mind blown. Is this a joke? How's he done this? Who wrote this? Like, yeah. People went crazy. Poet come up to me in person. I was like, yo, this is sick. Like a few artists in the game. Cadet who come up to me. Like a lot, a lot of, I was getting a lot of industry love. And then he posted it again. He put mind blown. How you use like, let a comedian come and kill, kill everyone. And like, he got the most views on my page. Got the most views on his page. Got the most comment. And people who didn't even know me at the time was like, this guy won, this guy won, this guy. Everyone else's comments was like, this, this is good, or yeah, this is cold. On mine, it was just, this guy won, this guy won, T1 won, T1 won. And it was like crazy to see. So I was looking and thinking, yo, am I going to get the feature? And then what was weird is, it, it seemed like a setup because <laughs> I got called, like, ambush, like, is a, like, he, he was a fan of me as much as I was a fan of him. Right. Do you know what I mean? He knew my stuff. So he called me to act in his video for the man can't. So I'm actually in his video for the man can't. I throw someone in the boot and I drive off in a car. Right. So now it's like, everyone's like, when, when it came out, yeah, when it came out, the I won, they was like, nah, it's a fix. I feel like, because it said the one with the most views and I've got a big following, they immediately just, they just ignored... it wasn't fair. Yeah, they ignored the fact that mine clearly was the best. And they ignored the fact that I won and just, like, went straight on the fact that, like, yeah, it says the most views kind of thing. But, yeah, so then I won the challenge and then we done the actual music video and that was me in the green. And, was, and when I released that on the page as well, obviously um, that done really well. So, yeah, that pushed me back into music and then I see myself as, like, a a Jamie Foxx or Idris Elba. Like, I want to do music, acting, and online comedy to promote both. And, like, I want to just do everything I can do creatively 
and whatever inspires me to do, I'm gonna do it kind of thing, completely. You've got so much confidence though. <laughs> like, literally, you're probably one of the most confident people that I've ever met, Seriously? hands down, no, I swear down. Really? Yeah, honestly, you have bags of confidence and not even just in one lane, in like everything that you are doing, music, Instagram, comedy, what is this the secret the key to that confidence and what advice can you give to anyone listening who maybe has a serious case of imposter syndrome and needs a little bit of at t1 official in their life <laughs> to make I, them go for it like you do everything i've said i'm going to do i've made sure i did it like everything like i felt like oh yeah i really want to do modeling and I, the girl i was with at the time again i don't see her as a hater she was looking out for me. She was like, you, you're good, like, you're cute, but you're not, like, that good looking, like, and you... So it's nice when your you, missus says that, and, you, <laughs> and you're not, like, tall, like, you just, like, you don't look like a model kind of thing. Yeah. I think you should allow it. And I was like, you're right, fair enough. But then I performed musically on the LG Arena, the first straight concert in Birmingham at the NEC, like, on the LG stage before they opened the doors. I ended up getting spotted by a model agent is the same agent that I was looking on the website on, which is weird, Alan Sharman. He signed me. Two weeks later, I was on billboards everywhere for Adidas Olymp Olympics. So um, when that happened, it was like, I said I wanted to do this. It's wild. I was even looking at the thing, like the law of attraction is real. I was going to say, do yeah. you believe in the law of attraction? So like, I do. Yeah. So then it's like, I said it and I did it. That's where my confidence comes from. It comes from the fact that I believe that no one can stop me from getting to where I want to be, mm. no matter how hard it's going to be, it's going to happen. What do you do on down days? Because <laughs> you are human, right? There yeah, is down days. Of course. <laughs> um, when I'm feeling down, I kind of talk other people up and like help other That's people. That's a good tip. And then it kind of helps me. Mm. Like, because it's like, no, you never want to take your own advice. So it's good sometimes to give people advice because then you can hear it anyway. So it's like, subliminally teaching me like stop being silly you got mm. this kind of thing yeah i've seen some of your instagram lives where yeah, you just yeah. jump on and start talking yeah, yeah, yeah so like that's not always necessarily that i'm down but sometimes when i am down i mix that in like if you've started a journey and you're feeling down about where you are because you're not fully where you want to be just look back at where you was and if you're at the start of the journey just know that you're at the start so this is the person you're going to be looking back at that's either so way, true good. i think that people don't do that enough i'm mm. so guilty of that like i all, all the time sit there and think to myself oh capital extra for example i remember when i was on a couple of pirate radio stations yeah. thinking oh my god and that you, but it's hard when you're ambitious you're always pushing towards the next thing mm -hmm. um so i'll add to that that is i think it's really important that people are also present mm. in their achievements enjoying because it's process. so easy you know even today i'm like loving this interview and i'm enjoying every minute of it because this is an idea that i had a dream about um, and I woke up and I wrote it down that I wanted to do this podcast. And and within six to eight weeks, we're sitting down making the podcast. And I'm trying to drink in every minute of it and enjoy every minute of talking to you because it's really important to be in the present and take in every moment as well. Um, one last, well, it's not the last question, nearly yeah. at the end. Um, you're doing a lot of things. You've got quite a lot of talents. I've also got that in common with you in the sense of like, I try to spin many plates. How do you how do you keep your balance with, with making sure that you're not dropping the ball on anything or do you focus on one thing at a time? So I'd say I'm lucky in the um, fact that, again, because I rely on myself, 
to um, make money. And like I built up my own brand and stuff. I kind of my own bus. I work on my own time. Sometimes like something does lack or sometimes like life happens, as you said, like mm. people have like since I've been on this journey, like I've lost my uncle and my other uncle's got cancer and stuff like that. And like I've had to deal with that. And it's kind of difficult. Apart from that, like I've got everything pretty much in rotation. What's been the most difficult um, time in your career so far, would you say? And what have you learned from it? That's easy. My most difficult time was working at JAG. It was almost like I was turning my back on my dreams. Awesome. Right, I'm going to hit you with my final question. What is the caption you want to leave your listeners with today? And don't forget your hashtags. I just want all ears to be left with this because I like fully live by this. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And first they'll laugh and then they'll follow. And what would be your hashtags? Hashtag live to inspire, hashtag TBE. Hashtag live to inspire and hashtag TBE. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Um, so on Instagram mainly, T1 official with two hours at the end. I've also now got a photo page on Instagram, Theo Johnson UK. And I'm gonna start YouTube. Literally, I'm having meetings to start YouTube this week. No procrastination. Hey, what's next on your agenda? I'm going to do more uh, motivational speaking on my YouTube and I'm also going to start a YouTube with another influencer for reaction videos and funny videos to keep up the funny. And I've got films coming out. I've got meetings with people on Amazon. So hopefully fingers sooner crossed. than later, fingers crossed, that my films actually might be making it to Amazon. And if that happens, then you'll be seeing positive messages on your screens. Amazing. Mm. Theo, thank you so much for being the first male guest on Influence Me and for telling me all your secrets. No worries. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Guys, thank you so much for listening today. Another awesome episode and hopefully the first of many men that I get to chat to me on Influence Me. I encourage you to give Theo a follow. If ever you just need a smile, a laugh and a giggle, his content is so funny. And yet a lot of the time he still manages to include a really meaningful message in there as well. If this episode has helped you in any way, and if you related to Theo's journey or you simply just enjoyed listening, please do subscribe, rate and review this podcast, whatever it is that you listen, so that we can reach more people and make our way up that podcast chart. Also, don't forget to share this with anyone in your life that you feel might benefit from hearing about Theo's story and all the things that we spoke about today. And if you do give it a share on your social media, I will be sure to reward you with a little repost and I hopefully Theo will as well. Just give me a follow at Shaney underscore Ryan. I just wanted to say a mega thank you to our sponsors today, Kindred. Share what you love. Influence Me was written and presented by me, Shaney Ryan, and produced and edited by Dawn Kelly for Birdline Media. Follow them at Birdline Media and follow me on Instagram at Shaney underscore Ryan. Our theme music is by Jaylee Music. And if you like today's show, be sure to rate us wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. Thanks for listening and see you in two weeks when you can catch my next special guest.